Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Sports Night TN on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network. I'm Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton. Today, we are joined by the voice of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. Welcome, Chip. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate the opportunity today. And uh, the countdown continues. We're under 90 days for college football, I guess. I guess it depends on where we're counting down to. That's well. I'm 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 counting September fifth. So, okay. <laughs> well, I'm told not to. I understand. Appreciate you joining us, Chip. I guess one of the first questions I would have for a um, college athletics play-by-play announcer: What has this last three months or so been like for you? I mean, um, you didn't get to do the Conference USA basketball tournament, which I don't think MTSU qualified for. And we won't talk right. too much about that anyway. But, um, I mean, no ahead, baseball. We've got a bright right? future. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, how much baseball did you get to do? Um, typically, I don't do a lot of baseball. I'll do a little bit. Uh, Dick Palmer uh, ha- normally handles most of baseball. Uh, I, you know, I work in real estate as well. And so, I typically will, you know, even when I was working in, in – uh, corporate sponsorship sales uh, for Learfield, I would, as soon as basketball was over, I would kind of dive back into that. And, uh, but, uh, you know, would still do some baseball games here and there. Um, This year, uh, well, actually for the last three, three seasons, we've had a great uh, fill-in announcer for when we have the crossover between basketball and baseball. And that would be Bob Jamison, the longtime Hmm. voice of the Nashville Sounds. Uh, He and his wife uh, moved back to Murfreesboro uh, about three years ago. And uh, and Bob uh, stepped in and, and, you know, it's it's been great because you can turn – here you got a guy with with big league experience and uh, and, uh, he's handling the first 20 or so games. I think Dick may have done one or two baseball games before it all shut down. Um, Bob and, and his wife were actually driving to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, following uh, the baseball team because they were playing Louisiana Tech, getting ready to play Louisiana Tech in Jackson uh, when the when the call came to turn around and come home. And uh, so uh, it, it has been weird not being at the ballpark on Tuesday or Wednesdays and and then on weekends. And you know, you know, right now we'd be what this would we'd be we'd already know what uh, I guess we'd be finishing up some regionals today wouldn't we close yeah that sounds about right because um yeah we'd have um two weeks well two weekends ago we'd have had um the SEC tournament and so um shoot this would be supers okay well there you go yeah yeah it's it's been a crazy spring to say the least so um you know what what have you found yourself doing? Well, you know, n- not a lot on the sports side. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's been, it, you know, you you can watch a lot of the old games and and, and that kind of thing, and, and enjoyed a lot of it. Really enjoyed uh, the uh, the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, um, but it's you know you 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 want that that physical touch and the be able the the smells uh, you know at the ballpark and 
that kind of thing, you know, really missed the, you know, NCAA tournament. Um, you know, one of the things we did here, uh, because we, you know, we have a lot of, we do over 200 broadcasts a year when you, uh, on the Blue Raider Network, when you think about football, men's basketball, women's basketball, coaches shows for those three sports and baseball games. Uh, so we put together a, a series of, of old, you know, classic games that we aired uh, here. I mean, going all the way back to the 1982 Kentucky game. Um, you know, we, we, we had, we had a, a good bit of that broadcast, but we aired the Michigan State game. We aired uh, the Minnesota game in the NCAA tournament, several women's games, including the, over, the big triple overtime game with Western this year. That became an instant classic. Uh, several bowl football wins. Uh, you know, and, and there's, there's more if we need it, but uh, hopefully we'll be doing some live stuff, of course, uh, starting Labor Day weekend. That's the plan. That, that sounds great. Um, we're visiting with MTSU play-by-play -play announcer and Columbia Central graduate Chip Walters. Um, Chip, I, I talk to people all the time about you and, and how you got your start doing play-by-play -play at Columbia Central as a student. Um, I'm not sure that that career path is, is necessarily open to very many kids these days for, for a number of reasons, but for one, just I'm not sure that there are too many kids with that industriousness. What was it that let you know at that age that this was something that you wanted to, to pursue? Um, well, think about the time. Uh, you and I are pretty close to the same age. We're talking 1979, I guess, right in there. Um, and that was a time where we didn't have cable television. Uh, you know, if you wanted to listen, if you wanted to keep up with things, uh, you listened on the radio. And uh, you didn't have podcasts like these. You didn't have, uh, you know, uh, XM radio. Uh, what you had was a transistor radio by your bed that when it got dark, you could, you could hear uh, everything from, KDKA in Pittsburgh, uh, listening to the Pirates, uh, all the way, you know, across the Midwest, throughout the Southeast, and down into Texas. And I remember listening to WBAP out of Dallas, and I could hear Rangers games from there. So, you know, any spot in between, whether it was the Reds, the Cardinals, um, you know, the Braves, uh, all, all the way across, that that's, you know, that being able to lay in bed at night, and hear those great announcers uh, call the games and, you know, had me as a teenager thinking, man, they get to go to all the games and get to tell people about it. Well, you know, that one thing kind of led to the other. And really going back to when I was 15 years old, I started listening to this and, you know, uh, listening to games. Milo Hamilton in Atlanta was one of my favorites, of course, Jack Buck and, and, uh, and, and, and the Reds crew, but, you know, that kind of got me excited about the possibility. Uh, at the same time, right about that time when I was 15 years old, the sounds came and, uh, and they put their network together, which you probably listened on uh, in Franklin. 
uh, growing up. I, listen, I, I was starting to listen on, on WKRM in Columbia and WKOM. And, and um, somehow, I guess through a friend of mine named Neil Blair, uh, who I was a, a high school classmate with, he said, you know, we're looking for some people to run the board uh, for sounds games. And so, uh, you know, I didn't even have my driver's license yet. And I think I had a pulse and, and blood pressure. So that qualified me for the job at that point, but just tried to learn as much as I could. Uh, you know, my uncle Donnie prior to that, uh, he used to do the PA for, uh, for all the games, whether it was Whitthorn or central out at the stadium. Uh, and I would sit in and help him. I would spot for him and, and I remember one night during a Whitthorn game, he just kind of handed me the mic and said, you do the second half. And that kind of, you know, you know kind of a, a little baptism there. But, you know, all of that, and, and when you were at the radio station, not only was I listening to sounds games and, 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 and learning about that, but, you know, we also carried uh, Tennessee and Vandy games and also the old pick of Dixie uh, games on Saturday night. And so that exposed me to not only – uh, Paul Eels from Vandy, who was one of my all-time favorites, and John Ward, who uh, became a really good friend later on in life and, and, and gave me some inspiration along the way. But you would hear on those Pick-A-Dixie games, you would, uh, you know, hear all the announcers from across the South. Uh, you know, from, from Florida to LSU, you'd get Kay Wood on the Kentucky games and all that. But just exposed to a lot of great radio announcers and 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 that uh you know that's you know I, i'm sure i'm I, i've never tried to invent the wheel but i've always been a, a pretty good thief to take a little bit from each one of those to try to create something of my own once again uh chip walters the play-by-play -play man for mtsu and uh chip it's really cool you know conference usa has um has kind of seen some ups and downs, especially since the, uh, the, the thievery from <laughs> the American conference. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you think back and you look at the, the future of conference USA, especially in football with, uh, the recent success of UAB and middle Tennessee, um, but with coronavirus and that sort of thing, there's been a lot of talk about the potential of a, uh, a split in the conference. Do you, uh, you think that's something that might be in the works? You know, I don't know. It depends on who you talk, who you talk to, you know, every, every so often you will see an article or something, but, but really what you have, you have two conferences in conference USA and the Sun Belt, And you could probably, I mean, you throw in, the American as well, but really for the purposes of, of what most of this discussion has been about has been with, you know, talking about Conference USA and the Sun Belt, which they pretty much occupy the same footprint. Conference mm -hmm. USA is a little bit larger when you think about it stretching from uh, El Paso, Texas to Norfolk, Virginia, down to Miami uh, and, and all the points that are in between there. And, and, um, so the Sun Belt is basically from Arlington, uh, Texas, uh, to um, to Appalachian State, down uh, into Florida or South Georgia and Florida, and across. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, 
a lot of overlap. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people say that it, that it makes a lot of sense to to basically put them both together, then re redivide where things are more regional. Um, you know, is there a possibility? Well, in the world of college athletics, you never say never. Uh, there are always uh, a lot of uh, there's a lot of pride and egos involved in, on both sides. Uh, who is you know if if that was to happen, who is going to take the lead and make it happen? Other than sports writers, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I do think one thing will come out of this at the very least, and that is uh, you know if, if there is not a full blown merger or whatever you'd like to call it. I do think there will be some regional non-conference scheduling coming out of it in the short term uh, because Conference USA announced last week their, their formats for all sports, which uh, in, in, uh, in football did not change at all uh, it, for this year. Uh, still an eight-game conference schedule. In basketball, still an 18-game conference schedule but they, they cut down the number of teams that were going to the postseason tournament. Now, other sports, baseball in particular, uh, since we are in what would be baseball, college baseball postseason right now, Conference USA is going from 33 conference games to 24. That is uh, 11 series down to eight, which means you're going to have to come up with nine more non-conference games. Chris Massaro, in the uh, in the case of Middle Tennessee, has already stated that as this started out, and there were uh, talks about the contraction of some conference games um, in certain sports, had already put out the call to other athletic directors in the mid-state area, whether those in Nashville or you know everywhere from you know, basically the entire state of Tennessee, because if you're going to be looking for more conference games that you, or non-conference games that you can bust to, uh, you know, why not look in your own backyard? And I think Tennessee's that is, got is, several. Is what, yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, you go everywhere from, I mean, we were, I was, it's changed now, but Tennessee had was, you know, one of the biggest states as far as division one basketball and baseball is concerned everything now from, you know, East Tennessee to Chattanooga to Tech to Austin P, TSU, Lipscomb and Belmont, Middle, uh, all the way to UT Martin and Memphis. And, and uh, so there's a lot of schools there that you can have games with or events with, every, you know, whether it's uh, stick and ball uh, or, or the Olympic sports. Uh, Conference USA will not be having uh, regular season tennis matches. It will be, uh, you will play a postseason tournament and you'll play your – and I'm not sure how they would do any seeding that way, but uh, that's what they're looking at, you know, certain things like that. And, and they put a full report uh, out on their website. So uh, kind of a long answer to a short question is, is I think that, that uh, you're going to see the Sun Belt doing very similar things, which I think makes it prime for those two leagues to schedule more non-conference games in the short term with each other uh, and, and who knows what the, the big picture might might hold later on down the road because they they are I mean when you think about okay uh, UAB and Troy or you know or UAB in South Alabama uh, us same deal with us uh, and then you throw in the OVC schools and you know uh, whether they're in Tennessee Kentucky or Alabama so there, there's a lot of opportunities there to to uh, augment what you're doing scheduling wise. 
you know, just looking Conference USA Sunbelt, I, I made the comment on, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago as an MTSU alumnus, I think I would rather see MTSU playing a Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina than I would to see them playing Texas El Paso, Texas San Antonio, and Rice. I, you know, and, and there, there's 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 a lot to that, and and there, you know, a lot of people feel the same way, and in in you know, and the the folks, you know, who, you know, you think about all the all the schools in those leagues, in both leagues that are in Texas, you know, what do they have rivalry wise with Old Dominion, uh, FIU, and FAU? So exactly, you know, that that, that conversation can be had uh, from whatever your geographic platform might be. But uh, we'll see what the, the powers that be. We're going to – we're having a, a webinar of our own on Wednesday with uh, the second one of these uh, titled Moving Forward with Football. It, it will be uh, – Coach Rick Stockstill will be on there again. Chris Massaro is on there. So uh, – and also Merton Hanks, who is uh, the former defensive back for the 49ers, who is, uh, who, who is uh, an associate commissioner in the Conference USA office and, and handles football, uh, he'll be on there too. So, I mean, I'm sure that question will probably come up to him to, uh, to address from a conference level. So we would invite anybody that'd like to, to be part of that. You, uh, on GoBlueRaiders.com, there's, you know, there's a link, you know, just like you sent me, where you can go on into this webinar. You, can't, uh, you, can, you can post questions that I, that I will then uh, address to the panelists. So, but it, it was, we had a, a ton of uh, participation uh, when we did it three weeks ago. So that's kind of what the plan is, is about every three weeks leading up to football season, having one of these, and we'll do it at noon on Wednesday. Merton Hanks, would he and Don Griffin have been teammates? No, I think that, I think they were, I think they just missed each other. I think Merton is just a little bit younger. Uh, Don is what a couple of years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, and so and then by the time I was out of college, he was already playing for the 49ers, and I think mm-hmm. Merton came in right after right after Don. They may have crossed pa- they may have crossed over a little bit, but I'm not sure. I'll that will that, that's on my list of questions for sure with uh, Merton because uh, because we do have that obvious connection with uh, the great Don Griffin. We're here again with MTSU play-by-play announcer, Columbia Central graduate Chip Walters. Chip, you know, do you get back over this way very much? I know it's not that far, but at the same time, you're an awfully busy guy. Well, you know, I, I like to get back over that way uh, a good bit. I was uh, down Memorial Day weekend and uh, for a little bit and uh, still have, you know, lots of connections uh, from – you know, we had a. I graduated from Central in 1981, and we had a, a, a an incre- We had a really, really good senior class, uh, and you know, we had a great principal in Hardy Lloyd, who was a terrific leader uh, at, at that school. And you and we've stayed very close over the years, and and uh, our our reunions have been strong, our friendships have remained strong. Uh, matter of fact. Yesterday afternoon, I got together with two of my high school classmates uh, and uh, one other gentleman here in Murfreesboro and just four guys getting together and talking about the issues of the day, learning from each other. And, and um, 
and so it, it was it was enlightening and a lot of fun but it was kind of interesting that it all started with with uh with a high school classmate from the class of 81. You and Vance Ballou would have been classmates then, is that right? That's correct. We were. Cat uh, and and I and uh, his his wife, Cat's uh, wife Paula, uh, Paula and I rode the school bus together. So uh, I go way back with her, and we actually got on the bus at the same stop, bus thirty two in Murray County, and uh, and and uh, because we were right at the end. I lived out on Carter's Creek, and so did she. And, uh, and the bus turned around at Harlan Road. And so we would have to drive down. Our parents would bring us down to, to meet the bus there to, to go to Columbia. Your parents brought you to the bus? I had to walk to the bus. Well, I mean, we lived about, oh, it was about, I, I'm trying to think, I probably walked a few times, but mom would carry us down because most of the time my sisters were, were with me. And uh, it was about a, oh, quarter of a mile or so and she would she'd make sure just to make sure we got on there safely her little babies <laughs> that's awesome mine would have had to make sure i was going yeah exactly <laughs> well, hey that's probably part of it as well so just to make sure sorry dad <laughs> you know he's listening but it's been a it's been a pleasure man this is really cool you know we we talk about each week we get something unique every week and and murray county has really um produced some impressive uh, citizens over the years, uh, notable people. And um, you are certainly one of those. And we appreciate everything you've done for, for Middle Tennessee and everything. What, um, if you could go back, what, what was one of your favorite moments from, uh, from your high school uh, radio broadcast days? Uh? Uh, this one's easy. Uh, <laughs> All right. Substate game. <laughs> Uh, 1981, Brainerd uh, came into Central uh, with the opportunity to go to the state tournament. Uh, that was that team. Uh, matter of fact, one of the folks I met uh, I met with yesterday was George Dooley, who was a, a member of that basketball team. He was a senior on that team with Ricky Armstrong and Johnny Prim. Uh, uh, Bert Bumpus was on that team. Uh, Jeff Dahlhansik, Keith Alvel, and uh, but and and then there was there was a pretty good freshman by the name of Fred Jenkins, who uh, who was pretty good. Uh, the place, the gym at Central was absolutely packed. Uh, at least and an if you, hour. Let me, let me interrupt you just a second yeah. because if you have been to a Central game in the last couple of years in the new Hardy Lloyd Gymnasium, you can't appreciate this story. You yeah. really can't because yeah. that old gym, I was in there for some Franklin Columbia games back in about that same time frame. Yeah. That place, it was hot, it was uncomfortable, and it was fantastic. You know, it, was, it really was. And the the the, uh, the arched roof uh, was was so iconic. But but anyway, the, uh, uh, Coach High brought his team in here, uh, and boy, they were good and. The game started with uh, with Johnny Prim winning the toss, tipping it to Fred Jenkins for a dunk to start the game. The the inbounds pass, then Fred stole it and hit what would have been a three-pointer, but there was no line on the floor. So within about five seconds, it's already four to nothing. 
and uh, Central went on to, to win by about 20 over a, over a really good Brainerd team and uh, went on to uh, play in the state tournament and had the luck of the draw in the first round to, to face uh, Austin East uh, that had uh, Gerald, uh, Gerald Hyatt that played at Tennessee, Rob Jones, and uh, William Clinkscales who went on to Ole Miss. So they were absolutely loaded for bear that Austin East team was. And I think Columbia lost by four. I think that's right. But that sub-state game and, and, and seeing that community come together, because, I mean, there was there – was, I maybe hope the fire marshal was on vacation or something <laughs> because it was absolutely – people were sitting on those – remember there were air handlers up, uh, on, the, on the four corners upstairs. Mm-hmm. People yep. were sitting on those – Along that end zone where there were bleachers on that end, they were sitting on the concrete with their legs hanging off. Hanging was, over. Yeah, it was great. It really was. And you're right, that building, uh, that, that, that gym was just fantastic. Yeah, it, it's amazing to look back over Columbia Central basketball and you think about some of the teams that have come through there and to realize that they've never won a state championship. I know. I know. Yeah, it, it's, it's just amazing. And like you said, the, the luck of the draw, you know, you, you always manage to catch somebody who was another amazing team. But there have been some great teams, some great talent to come through here. And, and you've seen most of it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of it. I mean, I was I was in elementary school when uh, Lee Fowler played. Uh, and a couple of years later, Bernard Childress uh, was on some really good teams. Uh, and, you know, I didn't see Batman Kelly play, but, you know, everything you hear about him was how talented he was in every sport that he played. But, you know, I, 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 I have followed since the Fowler era uh, on. And, and matter of fact, I, and I, I used to, when Lee was the AD at Middle, uh, matter of fact, I got a text from him yesterday, but uh, he, um, when he was the AD at Middle, I would continually remind him that when, when he was a senior at Central, I was in first grade at Riverside, and his mother was a first grade teacher over there. She wasn't, I didn't have her, I was, she was not my first grade teacher, but, but I had Ms. West, but, but Lee would come over after school, and here he is, you know, he was, you know, high school All-American basketball mm-hmm. player, and, 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 I mean, and for him to go out on the playground with us and shoot basketball or whatever, I mean, he was, he was a hometown hero for sure, and, and I would, I would continually remind him that when he was a senior, I was just in first grade. I'm sure he appreciated that. He did. He did. And still does. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, thanks uh, to Chip Walters for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. and Really excited. Like you said, hopefully uh, the countdown to football season is on to September 5th. And uh, if so, um, we will – be listening for for that uh, that call. I hope so. I hope that I'm in uh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, on on uh, Labor Day weekend for Middle and Duke, and uh, and then home games after that uh, on the what is that the twelfth Indiana State here and on the nineteenth Virginia Tech is coming to Floyd Stadium. So we want uh, hope that uh, we're able to to uh, be able to let everybody come in and and pack the place out for the Hokies. That'll be fun. That would be fun. Tell Coach Cut we said hey. Yeah, we'll do it if I get a chance to talk to him. Certainly do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again so much, and uh, we appreciate it. Chip Walters, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you next time.
Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Chip. I am joined now by Maurice Patton. Maurice, um, you are in your car right now because, <laughs> because you have been running the roads all morning as a high school football practice started in Murray County this morning, and that's uh, it's been a big day. Yeah, that's a big day, and, and as Chip was saying, that's another good sign that the countdown is on, hopefully. Um, Hopefully it's on for high school football as well as college football. But, yeah, um, you know, Columbia Academy and Zion Christian both started their workouts last weekend, uh, last Monday, excuse me. Um, Spring Hill, Mount Pleasant, and Columbia Central each started football workouts, and the rest of the Murray County Public Schools will open up their other sports workouts today as well. So big day, um, been a lot of anticipation and, and – a lot of excitement, not just the athletes. We were able to visit with um, all three of those football coaches, Jason Hoth, um, Bronson Bradley, and Ben Martin, and got a little um, got a little taste of what they've gone through here on the first day. And we'll um, we will visit with them here later on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so make sure that you come back. I, I know uh, today's Monday, and uh, but but. On Wednesday, we will publish a special edition podcast with those three interviews, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what it's been like in uh, getting Murray County sports going um, back since uh, they, they decided to start back on June 8th. Um, so that's a little bit different than what we first expected. We had heard some rumors here and there that it would be much later in the, the summer, but uh, luckily we were able to get – get practice started and these, these coaches and workouts, I know that the coaches are pumped up. So I'm excited to hear what they have to say. Absolutely. You know, I, I think particularly with um, the vote of the TWSAA Legislative Council last Thursday to maintain the two-week dead period here at the end of the month, it'll start up on June 22nd and go through the 4th of July. They will resume workouts on July 5th. So I think it was pretty well imperative for them to get going this week and to be able to work for two weeks before the dead period, as opposed to not getting any work in at all, which was um, from what we were hearing, a, a distinct possibility. Yeah. Well, luckily that is not what happened. We, uh, we did get to talk, like I said, Maurice was able to talk to all three uh, public school football coaches in Murray County today. So on Wednesday um, at noon, we will publish that podcast. You can find our podcast on Spotify, on uh, Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. You can um, you, you can hear it there. If you do get a chance and you are listening on one of those, please, especially Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a, a rating and and make a comment. We don't care what the comment says. You can say yeah, we do. Um, you can say, well, it doesn't matter what the comment says as far as the algorithm is concerned. You can say pancakes are tasty and, uh, that that's great. We agree. Pancakes are tasty and pancakes are tasty. see, uh, you can, you can write, it doesn't matter what the comment says. We would love for you to give us a glowing review, but, uh, five stars and any kind of comment will really help us, uh, drive us up the charts. We appreciate it you know, anybody who can help us. Cause we want to get, again, we just want this uh, to be an informational purpose and to, to highlight the kids. 
want to thank um, our first two sponsors. That's uh, Columbia Academy and Custom Stone Handlers, both in Columbia. So thanks to them for uh, sponsoring today's podcast and uh, Wednesday's podcast. Really appreciate it. And like I said, on Wednesday at noon, we will publish uh, a special edition podcast with Murray County Public Schools football coaches, Jason Hoth, Bronson Bradley, and Ben Martin. Uh, so there will be that. Maurice, I appreciate you getting out there. Um, make sure to check out Facebook Live tonight. Uh, we will be on Facebook Live tonight from Columbia American Little League. Uh, it'll be a special Facebook Live and Instagram Live um, broadcast there uh, as opening day festivities begin at 5.30. And that will be really fun because live sports are back in Murray County. Wow. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? 30 days ago, you couldn't have paid me to tell you that was going to happen. But here we are, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I know everyone else is too. So I, 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 I think they are, and, and you may want to get there early. As you said, opening night festivities start at 5.30, um, games at 6 and 7.30. And as you said, the first live sports in Murray County in – Nearly three months. It would not surprise me if that place is a madhouse. So you might want to get there early if you're going to go at all. Absolutely. And uh, be come hungry because there are going to be food trucks all out. Uh, folks are, you know, local food trucks are going to be there. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I'm about to head down uh, that way myself as soon as we get this podcast out. So we'll see you guys down there if you're coming. If not, uh, once again, check out our Facebook page. Um, SMTN Sports. Catch us on Twitter, SM underscore TN Sports. Um, also on Instagram, SM underscore TN Sports as well. Uh, the website, SM TN Sports.com. Uh, you can find local stories updated up to the minute. Um, information there. We've got exclusive sports stories from Murray County. So you're definitely want, and, and South Williamson County as well. Uh, Summit and Independence is included as the, in that as well. So make sure if uh, if you have a chance, check out the website. We'd love uh, to hear what you have to say. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places, and, of course, the podcast. So once again, for Mari's Patton, I'm Chris Yeo. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you uh, next time.